My name is Fraser Summers, and I'm the host of the Geeky Show Alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary geek. But secretly, in the Fab International Studios, I talk comics and find other geeks like me. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week, issue four, with your hosts, Fraser and Mark. I'm Fraser. And I'm Mark, and I'm still not on the opening credits. It's, it's, it's like you want to upset me. Hello, everyone. Wow, 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 wow. We, we, we need to re-record that. I mean, yeah, we can do. I, like, I'm putting the offer out now. We can re-record it. How do, do we re- even do, do that? Do you want to re-record know. it right here, right now? No. Good, no, let's I, talk... <laughs> neither did I. Let's talk about comics. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, yeah, so we're going to start off. It's been a pretty exciting week, as every week is for comic book news and comic book stuff coming out. For me personally, I uh, downloaded the Spider-Man DLC, The Heist. And it was a very fun time. I did spend spent five hours on it and completed it. And it leaves you on a cliffhanger. So I was like, no, now I want more. So there's going to be more DLC. Yeah, there's three DLCs. There's one coming out at the end of this month in November that we're in. And then December as well. So it's all pretty cool. Is and the Black Cat in it yet? Black Cat is in it yet. I love the Black Cat. She's That's, brilliant. This is her story. Felicia well, Hardy. Her story, yeah. And another Black Cat's in it as well. What? What are the Black Cat? Catwoman! Are we no. getting crazy crossovers? No, just... No. The, the, like, they're doing like a whole... There was an original Black Cat and then she's a copycat of uh, okay. Yeah, there you go, mate. Right. all sorts. I got now, all excited there. Not to call you out, right. but you did say this last week, so it's holding to your word. What's that? Um, how did Batman Ninja go? Batman Ninja was... Absolutely bizarre, oh, utterly bonkers, <laughs> and incredibly good fun. It made no sense. It was just, we like Batman, we like samurai, let's make samurais that are inspired by Batman, and let's make it really funky and cool and ridiculous, and I loved it. There, there, there was kind of like a Batman Megazord at one point. Yeah, and, there was. It was and awesome. it's just like, <laughs> what is going on? This is absolutely bonkers. And I loved it. Yeah. Why, why it wouldn't ba- you love it? It was just Batman fully embracing like the anime sort of world, which I thought... The, the animation cool. was great. The the interpretations of classic Batman bad guys into um, samurai lords was great. It, <laughs> the plot was absolutely goodness knows where. Bonkers. It was bonkers, wasn't it? I brought. loved it. It's what you expect, really. It's, it's on <laughs> it's Netflix, madness. British Netflix now. It's been there a couple of weeks now. Watch it. It's great fun. Definitely, I loved it. Definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, yeah, so with that, I think we're going over to Jay Jonah and Bruno Mars, unless there's anything else this week that sort of inspired you. No. Right then. Spider-Man. Yeah, so with the sounds of J. Jonah needing those photos of Spider-Man, you know it's time for the news this week. The news. We got a bit better news than uh, last time around. It was, it was a slow news week last week. It it's quite a heavy news week this very week. Very slim pickings. And the first bit of news we're going to talk about is a potential TV series on the new Disney streaming service with Bucky and Falcon taking the lead. So what do you think about this, mate? Right, you remember we talked on, I think it was either issue, I think it was issue two, where we talked about the tweet by the guy who plays 
Chris Evans. Chris Evans. The not twi- the ginger radio host. Yeah, yeah. As my dad always says, oh, him. No, no. He does not play Captain America, no. surprisingly. No. But, um, yeah, his, his tweet that by, his by tweet that broke everyone's heart, it just suggests to me that the Falcon, like in the comics, will eventually become Captain America. And I will wait to see if I like it or not. <laughs> Well, I think, like, this is just going to be a tea. Like, I am looking forward to seeing these. Because these two are... There's a hilarious little bromance sort of hatred. So, not hatred, but sort of, like, banter thing with them in Civil War, which I thought was hilarious. Mm. Like, the two of them in the car is like, can you move your seat up? No. And then just both looking at Cap when he made out with Agent Carter and being like, ooh. And obviously their <laughs> battle with Spider-Man where they were just like... You know, they worked together well, but you could see there was just sort of that... Sort of like, oh. This guy. Like a rivalry. But yeah, yeah, but I can see them getting on, and I'd love to see that in a series of TV episodes. Is it actually confirmed as definite? Because I think they're kind of holding back because spoilers of who survives Avengers 4. Well, no, like, see, the thing would be is, though, these both turned into dust. Like, this TV series, this basically, it's all going to a Disney streaming service, and the Disney streaming service can have any... Like, it's not going to be everything's a linear thing. Some, uh, some okay. can go back in time and you say, this is the... Oh, there's, there's, no a lot spoilers. Of, there's a lot of chunk of time between Civil War and uh, Infinity War, so like you can fill it in there. Yeah. Like Ant-Man was in between them and stuff like that. Captain Marvel's going back to the 90s, so time doesn't really matter anymore. Suppose not. Yeah, so it's not... I don't think it is going to be spoilers and stuff like that. It's just... I think it poses an interesting thing, just this streaming service. Like, for me personally, these... T- like. It's cool seeing like movie characters being put onto TV because it's sort of there's a bit of hope for me that it means maybe TV can TV characters can slowly move on to the movies. Like yeah. Maybe a TV character appears in this TV series and then it is established that they are in, in a connected universe because sometimes Marvel now because of the division between the film and the TV, like because Kevin Feige was like, oh no, I'll just take care of uh, film. And then I think Al Perlmutter was like, eh, no, find me. Well, Spat the, his dummy out and was just like, I'm just going to do TV then and we're not even going to cross over. The only crossovers that I can think of are Coulson and um, very briefly in the first series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. there was Samuel L. Jackson did appear, didn't he? Yeah, but there's and, been nothing and Maria else Hill really. Well. No one forget about Maria Hill, please. Right. I do like Maria Hill. True. Mainly because she's robbing from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> but also you've got like Agent Carter as well. Like that was yeah, sort of true, um, but I think it's it's just exciting. Like this Disney streaming service seems exciting, and uh, it was a really good conversation that came up uh, with one of my friends, and it was also on another um, podcast I listened to, where they were saying, like, when Disney bought this is going to be a bit of a Star Wars, but it's related to comics. When Disney bought Star Wars and Lucasfilm, they made some stuff Legends and Uncanon. So with the streaming service and it all being in one contained thing, is there a possibility that they're going to make some stuff they've made uncanon to the MCU? That's interesting. I'm throw that to you. Like, well, there was a lot of um, hoo-ha and whining when that happened with Star Wars because obviously there was a huge amount of stuff in books and yeah. uh, it was a hot mess to be honest. Though I think, and, it's and, best. and that's the thing. Everyone whined about it, and then look what happened. They're they're, they're doing really well with Star Wars yeah. and. They're using that stuff for See inspiration. They're using that stuff for inspiration and they're taking the exactly. lessons from it. I think it is a possibility, like, it is a possibility that they will make their own sort of, like, not a Legends, but sort of, like, 
yeah, no, this is the MCU. It's all in one. I mean, even if this doesn't happen like the Legends stuff, there is a, now going to be a whole place where hopefully you can watch the whole MCU because at the moment you're having to split between going to movies, going to... Yeah. Oh, I can watch a bit on Netflix, I can watch a bit on Hulu, Amazon, I have to uh, go all here, then everywhere. But having one complete place for it would be great. And also that would for be cool. other people, it's Star Wars as well, there's there, there's Pixar, like, it's... It's promising. It's exciting. The, my only worry with this is that everyone's going to be doing this now. Warner Brothers are talking about doing one, but they've already got a DC universe where they're showing all their DC stuff. So sure, mm. just merge those two together. People who like us who like comics will get that Warner Brothers thing for the comics and maybe stay um, for like the comic book films like Batman and stuff like that. But maybe like, oh, there's a Harry Potter here or, oh, there's all the seasons of Friends. Like Warner Brothers could really make bank just yeah. on Friends alone. Who, who, who knows what the future holds? And I think Disney yeah. are being uh, uh, pioneers here. It could be very, very interesting. Exactly. And it pulls a bit of pressure on uh, Netflix, to be honest, because if every studio pulls their stuff, then Netflix just has their, their own original stuff, which, you know, to be fair to them, they are building their own brand. They are building their own sort of, you know... Um, yeah, company. I'm trying yeah. to think of what the studio. They're building their own little studio, so it is potential that they stick around. And now, in other news, now that I've actually got the up-to-date version of my news on here, Deadpool, this, like, PG-13, P-12A, I imagine, for us in the Probably. UK, um, version, finally, well, I don't say finally, it got a title and a release date. So it's called Once Upon a Deadpool, and it's released December 12th. And there's a nice little logo for it, which you can check out. Obviously, you can't currently because it's on a podcast, uh, on a radio show, sorry. But you can Google it on the next tab, I'm pretty sure. So what did you think of this title and the logo and the fact that this film's happening? Uh, well, I, I try and go into things without, um, without prejudice, without preconceived ideas. But PG Deadpool makes me cringe. I hope it's good, and of course I'll watch it because I watch everything. But I, I just, I don't think it's necessary. The whole point is that Deadpool was as, as grown-ups, and we'll see. We will see. We'll see how it goes. But I, 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 I'm not, I'm not optimistic. As cash grabs go, I'm pretty like hyped for it because like Deadpool is the first film and the second one as well. Um, but m- most of that first film were made by the marketing. So I'm actually just looking forward to the marketing for this and just Deadpool maybe even making fun at the fact that they're making a PG version of the movie. Yeah, that could be fun. Which would be kind of funny. But yeah. We'll see. And there was that whole thing of like they were using the Princess Bride sort of actor and sort of going to do the storytelling that way. So it could be interesting. And it is one of them. Like maybe, hopefully, if it's cheap enough at the cinema, go watch it and stuff like that. It's not exactly like a big box office draw especially in December like I feel like if there was a Star Wars movie Fox probably wouldn't do this but because you know there's just a Sony animation there's Aquaman there's not much Spider-Verse yeah that's what I meant the Sony yeah. animation so I, I think we're, we're gonna I'm gonna prioritize those two after yeah. the, over the dead. well this one. one comes out before them so I think they've, oh, sort okay. of, they've done it a bit smart there they know they're not gonna make a load of bank but they probably also know that there's a lot of people who are under 15 or under 18 in America at, who, you know, like Deadpool and want to see their own version of it. Mm. <laughs> now, mm. a bit of casting news for you. Ewan McGregor from uh, that, that Obi- beautiful. Obi-Wan fame is in line to play Black Mask in a Birds of Prey film. 
What do you think about this little bit well, of casting need? Well, someone like Ewan McGregor is a big hitter, and it, it shows that they're taking they're taking it very seriously by casting someone like Ewan McGregor. You know, he's he's incredibly famous, so it, I think it's really good news. I mean, whether or not it's a small part, I don't think it matters because oh, it'd be it's like a huge the, name. it'd be the uh, villain of the piece, like. Black Mask is a big villain. He's a yeah. big villain in the Under the Hood um, storyline. But, yeah, no, it is, it's pretty interesting, to be fair. it's. I'm wondering if he's going to be using a Scottish accent or if he's, li- like, if he's going for... Because it could be interesting to see him do, like, a train spotting sort of thing because Black Mask is, like, a big drug overlord. Like, so if he did, like, a train spotting type character or if he is literally just going to be Black Mask put on an American accent. Like, either way... It sort of works, and it's kind of interesting. And Ooh. again, Birds of Prey is one of these films that it seems the most likely that's actually going to happen from DC. And like, if it starts to work out, like they have potentially got three movies coming out soon. Yeah, in Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam, and if them three sort of like knock it out of the park, then there is potential for these to come. And I'm just liking that the fact that they are moving forward, despite the fact that them three might not work and the universe might go down. They're still like. No, we're going for this. Like, we're still going to cast stuff, and it can't hurt to do that, to be honest. Birds of Prey is a great comic, and um, I'm I'm excited that there's going to be a film about it. So, um, big tick for go, the mate. DC Cinematic Universe. Tick box for you. Now, last yeah. bit of news is so the Wolverine podcast was released a while about, uh, a while back. It's like the Long Night. Well, it's been released weekly. Um, uh, we well, just no, had no, the no. last it episode drop. So ages ago, there was this podcasting service Stitcher. That, that started it up, and they released them all. So they've been released ages ago on their specific yeah. website. But now they're sort of sharing the load and giving it to more and more people. Yeah, and it's been uh, released so it's been recently, on, weekly, yeah. on things like Spotify and everything. But and, you're right, Apple, it, it yeah, was available so it was, to binge originally, and yeah. they, but then they released it weekly. So now they've given, they've shared the load. They're going, there you go. We've made our money now. Let's pass it along and make it a little bit more. But with this, obviously, pickup, they've announced a podcasting sequel to this, which is Wolverine, The Lost Trail. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I haven't listened to the final, because I didn't listen to it on Stitcher. I listened to it episodically. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm excited, because I've really, really enjoyed it. The, the It was really, really moody, and um, I, I liked the take that they did which was quite logan light and it more focused on the detectives of a case where logan was a suspect um and it really really worked it was really dark really moody and i liked the it it was it was kind of set in a universe where mutants were super rare and it wasn't immediately assumed that he was a mutant and stuff like that I loved it, and I haven't listened to the most recent one, which uh, is only just out, but by next week I will have listened to it all because it's been great, yeah, and I can't wait for the sequel. I reckon that's something we'll talk about in the like little beginning bit because, yeah, it's similar to Mark. I downloaded it all through podcasts and stuff like that, and I've listened to like, the first episode and stuff, and I'm digging it uh, straight away, and then when I found out that they were getting the sequel one, I was like, this is good. And just like when it first came out, I was like, this is such a good concept, is like doing yeah. these podcasts and different characters. I hope... Like, I'm digging that we're getting more Wolverine, but it'd be really cool if we got other characters as well and stuff like that. Well, here's the thing. The Netflix show, they originally had Daredevil, and Daredevil did spectacularly well, and then they just added and added and added. And I think as Wolverine's been successful, 
I think we're going to see more, and I hope to see more. Cause I'm also interested cool. in where the rights go with this, because obviously it's a podcast, so it's not film, or t- it's a different sort of mm. scapegoat altogether. Well, they, so they very whether, heavily promote that it's Marvel and Stitcher present. Yeah, so, so whether like, Mar- like it is Marvel, Mar- like Disney Marvel, so you could see like Captain America sneak up in there or someone like that. I'm trying not to say Spider-Man, because obviously that fits the... I don't think it needs it. I think, well. no, I think no I mean the, the like in the, I mean it. in the future uh, okay in yeah, the yeah. future like they can make a connected podcasting universe or they can they don't have to worry about oh we can't really use this character or like yeah um, because yeah probably you're right you're probably right there's no cinematic rights going to affect it so yeah that could be interesting but Which I think is. slowly slowly with this because they, they don't need to pile out lots of substance oh yeah 100 percent. but i just think it's a really cool it's a really cool idea to do and like when it came out i was like damn okay then that's mm. like pretty cool because back it back in your day didn't they do like radio uh radio versions or something like that what are you blithering about they back do, in my day yeah they do like radio shows or something what not that i remember but they might have done like I, telecasts telecasts right or like on the radio we are done yeah. with the news and um, we are now moving on to pull or pass. Fraser, explain pull or pass. We are indeed moving on to pull and pass. So whenever you go into your local comic book store and you buy an issue of something, for example, an Avengers issue one, uh, when you go to the check-in, the cashier will ask you, the clerk will ask you, oh, do you want to add this to your pull? And basically what that means is any time there is another Avengers issue, a two, a three, an infinity, they will have it, and keep it behind just for you. And you can go in each week and say, oh, what's on my pool this week? And they'll show you. In my experience, it's always been, here's your 50 issues of different spider titles by different writers. In, in my experience, it's here's many, many image comics yeah, for here's, you. here's image. Here's the whole of image. Not the whole of image. We haven't oh, yeah. got an image on oh, yeah, Paul you, you don't. You don't have a superhero. You don't have Invincible on there. No. no it's no. like, oh, no, he's too superhero for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's basically, <laughs> and in this part of the show, we will read typically like two or three comics, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less, and we decide whether we're gonna, we would put them on our pull or whether we just pass on them. Mark tries to get in trade in because I he's do. trying to destroy the business. Oh, of don't comics go on about that again. It, and doesn't want anything to succeed and wants stuff like amazing stuff like Renew Your Vows to end don't and be break ridiculous. my heart. Right, what's the first book? So the first book is based off a recent TV series that's come back, is Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, by Titan Comics, and it's written by Jodie Hauser, who is a uh, big propser, a uh, big fan of her work. She does a lot of, she does the Renew Vows line. She did a Stranger Things comic, so she's getting a lot of good work, and, you know, it's for good reason. So what did you think of this? Well, I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. I've I've loved Doctor Who all my life, basically. We 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 did touch on this last week, and um, I I thought that the casting of Jodie Whittaker was a masterstroke when it happened. Um, very very briefly, I've been underwhelmed with everything other than the Rosa Parks episode so far of the TV show. So I was hoping that this comic book would would knock it out of the park and it has got some very very serious competition because some of the stuff from Doctor Who magazine particularly in my opinion the 8th Doctor's run was absolutely sublime superb comic books and um, so far so 
okay. Um, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, I, I felt that a lot of the script fitted the vibe of Doctor Who. There's one particular line... Ordinary blokes can be dangerous, which I thought mm. was perfectly Doctor Who. I really enjoyed that, and I thought that hit it exactly on the on 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 the on, on the ball. Nose. And um, I do feel like I have high and unreasonable expectations. It's the first issue of something that I'm very very fond of, and there's an insanely huge history to. Possibly, you might argue, even bigger than some of the um, Marvel and DC comic books there's such a history of doctor who both on tv and on in comic books because there's the, the comic strip ran and still runs since i think it's like the late 70s in doctor who magazine and um yeah yeah because it stayed around in it while the show was exactly off air right. and stuff and, like that so that was how you got your stories in that, a similar way to how, star wars that was why the eighth doctor run was so good they had like a six-year run where there was nothing else but coming out that was new other than the doctor who comics and they just did this huge overarching long storyline because they could and it was it was so so brilliant and so for this one, you know, how can you compare this to that? And you can't. The, the, as far as I'm concerned, it was a good start, an interesting story, and uh, the art was great in most places, but the problem is, if you're doing Captain America, you can get away with Captain America looking like however you want, really, because yeah. it's never been a person. Whereas Jodie Whittaker looks like Jodie Whittaker. And if you draw Jodie Whittaker and she's got a face that doesn't look like Jodie Whittaker, it's very, very noticeable compared to a change in art style for any, any like superheroes, I think. And there, there was some very good Bradley Walsh, but I'm not so sure there was good uh, Jodie Whittaker. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. And I'm glad I read it. And... Um, I would say that having looked at some of the alternative covers in there, I'm so glad that they went with so the artists they did. So many variants. But that's yeah. the comic book industry that today. They mm. literally just throw mm. so many different variants so they can sell the same book many different times. To touch on your point, though, about the art style, I always find it interesting reading comics based off like TV shows or films or whatever because... It's weird seeing an actual person in comics, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. seeing an actual, like, you're a real life... It sort of, sometimes it throws me away because I think too much about the actors sometimes. Mm -hmm. But also, it sort of gives you the context, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was... Because it was a similar thing with a Stranger Things story we read a while back, and I was like, this is so bizarre, like, because you're seeing it and... To be fair, though, I do like it when artists, like, they go, okay, I know I've got to use this as a base, but I'm still going to add my artistic flair on, which I feel mm. like they sort of did. And you can sort of see through the variants that people have done that. They're going, oh, I know this is a real person, but this is my interpretation of it, and it's a different thing. But I'm glad they did go with the artists they did, because you sort of do need that, okay, this is a TV show, we are going to use a bit of realism with it. Because it's interesting, there's... Um, there's a Ghostbusters comic that just go totally cartoon with me with mm. it. They base it off the four guys, but it's cartoon versions of like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd right. instead of just like, no, this is Bill Murray. But yeah, so what would you say? Would you say you'd pull or pass it? I think that this, for me, as a fan, it didn't suck and it was good enough that it is a tentative pull. Yeah. I've been one of them who's sort of like gone off Doctor Who after David Tennant left. 
Uh, I got slowly back into it in the last couple of episodes of Peter Capaldi, um, but I've not been up to date with the recent Doctor Who. And after reading this, I probably would check out the show more. And I'm really happy for Jodie Hauser, but again, it's like you say, there's so many of these Doctor Who comics that I probably would go back to a David Tennant and rather read that run. So it's I'll, I'll lend be a, you the Eighth Doctor run. It's going to be a, it. it is going to be a pass for me, unfortunately. But this comic has got me to go actually right I'm gonna actually give the TV show a go because uh, Starburst on Wednesdays talk more about science and stuff like that so if you want a show that talks a load about Dot 2 they're definitely ones to check out but yeah for me it's with that I was always like I don't want to get too invested in it let me down but you know what gonna give it a go and it's all thanks to this comic Brilliant. so there you go the next one, and it's very important that I emphasise the first part of this, is The Green Lantern, issue one, written by Grant Morrison by DC. Mm. What did you think of this little bad boy? Um, right. Uh, hands up here. I'm much more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, and I'm aware of the Green Lantern concept and some of the history of it, but I'm, I've never been a huge fan of Green Lantern. And um, I just, I just feel like... I wasn't the guy to be reading this, really, because I was never going to love it. Um, I, I will say I did like the... I, 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 again, I don't know how um, much of a well-established character this is, but Floozle Flem, who was a um, a virus Green Lantern, yeah. I thought that was really clever. I don't know whether well, he's... Been, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was very clever. Because, um, you know, all the Green Lanterns can be from any race in all of the star exactly. systems. So that's really clever. I liked that. And I liked the art. I thought the art was very good. It was, um, yeah, it was nice and crisp. Um, but for me, the, 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 the baddie reveal at the end, I've never heard of that baddie. I don't know if it's a big baddie or not, mm. because I'm not that into um, Green Lantern. It was a perfectly well-written comic, but it's not for me, I'm afraid. That one's a pass. For Green Lantern fans, it is a pretty cool reveal at the end. Just to, well, there you go. Just to let you know. But what interested me about this was, obviously, it was Grant Morrison, who's a great, um, well-established name in the comics industry, and just him going back to the well with Green Lantern is really interesting, sort of starting with his own sort of series on it. I was very intrigued by it, and there was such an emphasis on the, for some reason, whenever I was reading articles about this before it came out. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know why the V's that important, but... It's kind of confusing, really, because the Green Lantern opens with loads and loads of Green Lanterns. Exactly, yeah, So yeah. I was like, what? So huh? it's sort of maybe an emphasis that Hal Jordan... There is a reason why it's called the is because the Green Lantern is Hal Jordan and the rest are just sort of... There. You know, whatever. But I... I like, kudos to Grant Morrison. He just went straight for all the weird and wonderful stuff in DC. Like, there was stuff with the look, uh, the look lot. And they, this is funny because the only like big story I've read with them was when Batman went into the future, did this bizarre. I'm sure very few people have actually read this story, and it was only because it was part of this subscription I was part of that I got it. But Batman went to the future, like met the Lords of Luck and all this stuff, and then ended up being like a Terminator sort of hybrid Batman for one point, and then came back to life. It was bizarre, kind of cool story. Sounds peculiar. But the fact, and like with the phlegm, that he was just going for some weird, weird Green Lantern stuff and not your typical. I also liked as well that despite it was the Green Lantern one, it wasn't an origin story because when we met Hal Jordan, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get the whole, 
you know, oh, I'm a test pilot, but I've got a, you know, and then I'll find the ring, Gavin Sir will die, and all that. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, it'd be cool to see Grant Morrison's take on it, though. But they were like, nah. He's uh, gave up the test pilot. He's, gave up, he's lost a couple of jobs because his main job is being a space cop, is being a Green Lantern. And I dug that a lot, that they just went straight to that. Um, which is really cool. I also dug that, because uh, he takes care of set to twit, 2814 but they had a 2.2814.2 2, which was this other protector and I was like oh, okay that's weird that they've got a point in there and then because the point one is Hal Jordan so they're sort of like we can't really rely on Hal Jordan because that's sort of his history with the Green Lantern you can't Lantern's corpse you can't really rely on him he's, he's a bit of a loose cannon sometimes but I dug that they sort of like had the two of him and then it was like okay now he's coming back and now he's being accepted and they sort of they're restarting the Green Lanterns now because it's like there's new Oa and stuff like that. So stuff has gone so wrong that they've had to restart. So it is, it does open it up for new readers, but it's not like, oh, here's your origin. So old readers can sort of jump back into it. So it's a sort of best of both worlds situation, I think. So I'd probably pull it, to be honest. Uh, I'm a big fan of Green Lantern in all medias. Yeah, I said it. I like the film. Come at me, bro. Oh, no. Come um, on. But yeah, so no, I dug it. And the last book we're going to talk about is a Marvel book, of course. And it's Marvel Knights 20th. And this was done to honour Joe Quesadilla. Quesadilla. Wow. <laughs> the, <laughs> who's like now the head of Marvel. Um, but this was his debut series was the Marvel Knights. And now we've got new creators working on it. It's sort of like honour um, the Quesadilla himself. Uh, so what did you think of this uh, Marvel Knights 20th issue? I had no idea what I was going to be getting myself in for with this one because um, it, when it said Marvel Knights, I didn't know which characters it was going to focus on. And and I really, really liked it. Um, but, but I'm a massive Daredevil fan. I've always been a huge Daredevil fan. And this focuses on Daredevil and his darkness. And it, it reminded me a lot of the um, the bleakness of the teleseries as well. And, I, I, do you know, it's, it, it could be said that this is the kind of thing that's overdone, but people forgetting their memories and then getting yeah. them back. and Slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah. I, but it was done really well. And talking back about Doctor Who, every, every time, almost every time there's a new Doctor, they kind of have a momentary scene where exactly. they go back on all their stuff. And the way they did that in the comic with kind of like concentric circles around him in the middle and lots of images from previous comics going back yeah. all the way to the to the yellow and black suit when he was like dead of a one and different art from different artists put into that was so beautiful I just paused yeah. and I looked at it and I went oh that's it's a finger. it is a finger beauty as well and it's good to sort of like again because it's that Marvel Knights 20 if it's good to show the history and this mm, clearly mm. is a story that's going to embrace the history of yeah. all these different characters because to sum up a bit of the story but to avoid spoilers all these different characters from the Marvel Knights series so like your Frank Castles your Karen Pages your Daredevils Electra, Electra, all of them there's a big long list they've all forgotten their memories and it's sort of you know it's different people's jobs to try and get their memories back and get it all sorted we're not no entirely spoilers we're not entirely sure why f right now, but I feel like each issue is going to have a... It's going to focus on a different character, and it's going to be that whole thing of embracing their 20-year history of the mm. Marvel Knights thing. I'm, I'm fascinated Whilst bringing it. it back, which I think is really interesting. At the end, there was also, again, no spoilers, there was a baddie reveal 
And then there was a double baddie reveal. Double baddie, and they both not really got their memories. <laughs> oh my! I don't goodness. know what I marked out. And I'll be honest. And they don't know what they're doing it all for. But I'm it's... interested to find out what they're all yeah, doing it for. Boom. This is definitely a pull for me. Definitely. Uh, yeah. No. Same. I'm interested to see where this goes. And it was just a good, it was a good, good, good time. It was. All right. So that's pull and pass done. Please let us know if if you've read any of these three or you're going to read these three, after, uh, you know, Saturday morning. You can go straight to your local comic book store and check them all out. Please let us know if you would add these to your poll or if you would pass on them. Yeah, talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. If you, want the, if you want the show on Facebook, just search for Geek of the Week. And if you want us on tri- Twitter, it's just G-O-T-W Radio. We're on trade-off now. And this week's was Mark gave me something called I Hate Fairyland. That was the worst <laughs> link ever. And I have to say that I loved I Hate Fairyland. Really? I wanted to say I hate I hate Fairyland, but no, I really dug it. Like <laughs> this stuff. So my history with I Hate Fairyland is I've read a free comic book from free comic book day to, yeah issue zero which is brilliant to impress mark and be like hey mark look what i read i read an image book and that was great because the image doesn't really cross over but like the main character from what's it, it begins with g doesn't it well, gertrude or something gertrude that's right is it actually gertrude it is gertrude oh, yes get me gertrude goes around the whole like image universe and sees spawn and stuff like that but they're all done in fairy things so i was like okay this is a pretty cool character yeah, so when you put this down for trade-off I wasn't entirely like, oh, this is going to be grown up and stuff like that. It was really funny. I liked the whole, like, it was a kid's dream to go into fairyland. But then when she doesn't find the key, she's been living here for, like, 27 years. This would become a nightmare. Yeah. And it's hilarious in the way it turns. And the thing, <laughs> the way this <laughs> issue ends is hilarious. Because she, she does this dark turn. She finally gets what she wants. And then because of her own, like, ego or, like, anger or whatever, it stumps her. And that was sort of my favourite thing about this is, like, she's so angry and stuff like that. But any time she sort of, like, acts upon that anger, it totally backfires on her, which I think is hilarious. It, I, I, I love this book. And it, it, it's finished now. Um, Aww, yeah, there's see. four volumes and it's finished. And I, I was, I, I didn't know that when I bought the fourth trade, and it just ended, Aww. and I was like, "What? What? No! Please don't!" So it's gone, and um, I have loved every minute of it. The, 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 the just, the, it's just so subversive, and I just love how it's in a fairyland, but they're just. So savage with the graphic violence yeah it reminds me of a long time ago i don't know if anyone ever watched happy tree friends oh. that was a web show where good, they just, good shot where that, they though. just yeah. murdered yeah. happy happy bunnies and rabbits and things and it's just a vicious vicious take and it's just so much fun it was funny because on the trade you gave me there was a warning label saying this is not a child's book this is an adult <laughs> well, that, that was the library's copy it was funny. and um I, I work in a library we've had to mark these books up as not for children <laughs> because people who don't know put them well, in the kids section and, yeah and it is absolutely that not would, appropriate that would children. damage some children yeah but oh, I like this character. Oh no, this character's just been beheaded. Axe <laughs> right in the face. So oh, and there's the eyeball. But yeah, no, I dug it. And finding out that there's four volumes, I might have to check where this story goes. But yeah, no, really dug it. And 
what I really liked about it was it was a volume that stood out on its own because sometimes yeah. with trades it's always leading you to get the next trade because sometimes that well that's what it is in comics when it's single issues they just want you to get the next one um, and I just thought this was going to be the trade but this trade was like one pack story so if I don't read anymore I'm alright but I'm intrigued to do so good I'm glad if any of you have ever checked out I Hate Fairyland uh, please let us know what you think um, and if you haven't and you like me and you usually just Marvel and DC I would recommend it it is a good read it's what, a good read what have we got next week Fraser? oh you're making me look to the future well it's for you mate I know that's why it's I'm for you I know. and it's gonna be me delaying a- oh it's Craven's Last Hunt oh Craven's Last Hunt I've been looking forward to reading there that there you go that's, that's an absolute classic isn't it it is indeed a spidey classic a, a spidey lot classic. of mine a, a lot of mine it I say I'm giving you Marvel and DC. A lot of mine might just be Spider-Man, but that's okay. That's fine. Because he's got a rich history and there's a load of trades out there. Now, that's it for us two here, because we're going to go into Comics Compared, where I'm going to be talking about Iron Man, and there's going to be Iron Man music and stuff like that, so it's going to be pretty cool. But yeah, that's it for us two, so I just want to say thanks for being on the show, Mark. And if you want to shout out a few people or some folks... I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. It's been... Well, I've had a fab time. I hope you have. Hey, fabulous. See you next week. Across the world, the real alternative. FabRadioInternational.com Here, Archie, I need a new car. This one's not sounding too healthy. Really, Wally? Let me have a look at it. Oh, here, that's humped. I know. I need something strong, durable and reliable. I made the perfect thing for you, Wally. This is a Sherman tank. For a quick yank, there's nothing finer than a Sherman tank. Oh, you beezer. I can't believe I've never tried this before. Having a Sherman tank's amazing. You can have a slow Sherman tank or a fast Sherman tank. But beware, they're quite hard to control. I've seen them go everywhere. This Big gun's incredible. I can't believe I have such powerful weapon in my grasp. Always put a helmet on, though. Safety first. For a quick yank, there's nothing finer than a shaman tank. Oh, dear. It's just gone off in my hand. Do you like foreigners? And you're angry with the world? Then come to Barry's Kingdom of Foreigners. We have every foreigner you need to blame for something. Small foreigners, medium foreigners, large foreigners, extra large foreigners. Check out our spring offer of slap the Frenchman in the face twice and receive a free kick in the balls to any German tourist of your choosing. Bring the kids. We have the Hills of Ice Part 2 on DVD. Barry's Kingdom of Foreigners, just off Junction 14 on the M62 behind Ikea and next to Barry's Kingdom of Explosions and Bernie's Big Hot Dogs. Children in 18 and a half require this is Comets Compared, where we take a look at a film, TV show, or video game adaptation and compare it to its comic counterpart. This time around, we will be looking at the film Iron Man as we make our way through the MCU. Potential spoilers ahead. This is the first film of both the Iron Man and MCU series, so it's an origin story for both the character and universe as a whole. The MCU is often compared to the Ultimate Universe, which is easy to see. Let's just look at Nick Fury and both for an example. The Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe is actually based off the likeness of Samuel Jackson, 
and is part of the reason why the actor took the role in the MCU. The Ultimate Universe started with one character, Spider-Man. Everything was developed from there. Characters and elements from the universe were introduced in Spider issues and the world just expanded and expanded. This too happens in the Iron Man films and we can see the character's presence can be felt throughout the MCU and often it acts as the core of the universe. The origin of Iron Man in this film is closer to the extremist storyline rather than the original from the 60s. Although there is a nice little nod to the original with that shiny silver suit. The extremist storyline is used more in the third film, but that is for another time. All that is used here is how Tony gets trapped in a cave, is forced to work on weapons, develops a suit, breaks free and decides to be Iron Man. And has a cellmate who inspires him through all of this. Let's start comparing. Jarvis in the film is Tony's suit's AI and onboard computer. Whereas in the comics, Jarvis is a real life person. Butler to the Starks and friend to many of the Avengers. The film's version of the villain, Obadiah Stein, is a family friend of the Starks, helping raise Tony, feeling like it was his right to take the company. He was also worried that Tony's change of heart and new direction would ruin the business. Stein doesn't have this close relationship with Tony in the comics. He actually tries to take the company using physical attacks and dirty tactics. Tony and Pepper's relationship and romantic chemistry is strong throughout the whole MCU. This relationship in the comics, however, is slightly different. Pepper is only a distant admirer of Tony and this relationship, romantic chemistry, never gets time to develop or fully uh, frelish. And she actually ends up with Happy Hogan. Which, I guess is good for him, right? Let's look at recent Iron-related series and stories. Now, a new person has been taking up the suit. Riri Williams as Ironheart. With Tony Stark as her AI system. It's a young, new, kind of interesting take on the character, which still features the classic Tony Stark quips. As for the villain of this piece, Stein's most recent appearance in the comics came in 2008 in the third issue of Invincible Iron Man, which, you know, makes sense, as it was the same year the film came out. The series ran from 2008 to 2012, sort of alongside the films, but unfortunately for the series, it didn't last too long after those films were out. Now, I've mentioned a lot of different comics in this comparison, all of which I recommend checking out, especially if you enjoyed the film. As always with adaptations, there's going to be similarities, differences, and always comparisons. Thanks for checking you out, checking this out, oh, checking you out, way, checking this out. I'm not going to stop now because this has been a lot of recordings and I'm almost done. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, thanks for checking it out and be sure to be here for the next one. I'm really running out of steam here, as you can tell by the end. Um, I didn't do this in one take. It's been a lot of takes. It's been hard. I just thought I'd let you all know. Oh.
just gonna let's play out for a bit because I'm actually happy with this one. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's over. Oh. Thanks, guys. Great Scott! It's been almost an hour. What the devil are they doing? Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Thank you for listening to Geek of the Week. Be sure to come back next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. And if you want to join the discussion, be sure to check out our Facebook group. Now, see you geeks later.